Good morning. How are y'all today? Doing good? Good. I'm so glad. I'm so glad. So glad to have all of you here today. And we're wrapping up the beautiful series today. Um, I just want to say thank you so much for allowing me the opportunity to be able to share with you, especially ladies, about this subject in our lives that can be so sensitive and so controversial. And thanks for just hanging in there with me. And um, I just, I love all of you so much. And I'm so grateful for the opportunity to share with you. Um, As we get started this morning, I just wanted to mention um, quickly, next week we're going to be doing um, in our children's area a thing called Jump Start. And I think Luther had mentioned it earlier. And I just wanted to tell you a little bit more about that. You know, sometimes um, as we're raising our children, we find it easy to do some things with them and we find it difficult to do some things with them. And one of those things that can be kind of daunting as a parent is talking to your child about Jesus. Um, Because what if they ask that question that we don't know the answer to? And we're not able to just flip the Bible open and be like, okay, now scripture says. And um, we can just get really worried about that. And so we want to be able to present you with an opportunity where parents and children come together to this jumpstart event. And you hear a dialogue, a conversation, kind of like a drama that allows parents and children to hear about Jesus and get some ideas about how to talk about him with one another. And I'm really excited to be able to have a part in that. And we're going to have a great time with that next week. So if it's something that you've been thinking about or maybe your child has been asking questions about, but you've not been sure, and you're kind of like, oh, I'm so nervous about doing that, please join us next Sunday. You can get information at the hub table or at the children's registry tables. And we'd love to have you join us for that event. Well, let's jump right in this morning. We're going to be in Proverbs today, the book of Proverbs. If you have your Bibles and you're not quite sure where that is, if you kind of open your Bible right to the middle, you'll probably hit the book of Psalms. And then if you go to the right just a little bit, Proverbs is going to be the next book. And we're going to go to the very last chapter of Proverbs, Proverbs chapter 31. And we're going to be reading about what is known as God's virtuous woman. Now, for those of you who may be familiar with this passage... You may hate this woman. And for those of you who are not familiar with this passage, you will hate this woman. She's just like great at everything. And so um, we're going to try not to be haters. We're going to take off our hating helmets today. And we're going to try to spend some time just seeing what it is that's in her life that we can pay attention to and learn from. So we're going to read. We've got quite a bit to read. So hang in there with me. We're starting Proverbs chapter 31, verse 10. It says, who can find a virtuous and capable wife? She is more precious than rubies. Her husband can trust her and she will greatly enrich his life. She brings him good, not harm, all the days of her life. She finds wool and flax and busily spins it. She's like a merchant ship bringing her food from afar. She gets up before dawn and prepares breakfast for her husband and plans the day's work for her servant girls. Okay, that makes me mad. She goes to inspect a field and buys it, and with her earnings, she plants a vineyard. She is energetic and strong and a hard worker. She makes sure that her dealings are profitable. Her lamp burns late into the night. Her hands are busy spinning thread, her fingers twisting fiber. She extends a helping hand to the poor and opens her arms to the needy. She has no fear of winter for her household, for everyone has warm clothes. 
She makes her own bedspreads. She dresses in fine linen and purple gowns. Her husband is well known at the city gates where he sits with the other civic leaders. She makes belted linen garments and sashes to sell to the merchants. She is clothed with strength and dignity, and she laughs without fear of the future. When she speaks, her words are wise, and she gives instructions with kindness. She carefully watches everything in her household and suffers nothing from laziness. Her children stand and bless her. Her husband praises her. There are many virtuous and capable women in the world, but you surpass them all. Charm is deceptive and beauty does not last, but a woman who fears the Lord will be greatly praised. Reward her for all she has done. Let her public deeds declare her praise. Um, Hi, my name is Chris. I'm one of the pastors here. And I just want to say, I'm seeing some people with their Bibles open over here. That rocks face. Thank you. Thank you, thank you. Um, we're in Proverbs 31. We're going to just kind of break this uh, whole big old chunk of scripture up. And uh, let's start at verse 10. It says this. Who can, and what is that next word? Who can, everybody, find. Who can find a virtuous and capable wife? She is more, and what's that next word? Precious than rubies. Now, I want to uh, read this from a different translation of the Bible. We're reading out the New Living Translation, but I want to let you see a glimpse of this from the Amplified Bible. And what this is, is it takes the literal definitions of these words and inserts it into uh, these verses. So the verses are a little bit longer, but it has the pretty much the exact same meaning. And it's a little bit, look at this. It says, a capable, intelligent, and virtuous woman. Now, that's the, I don't know about you guys, that's the type of guys, if you're single, you want to be looking for, right? A capable, intelligent, and virtuous woman, who can find her? She is far more precious than, and look at these next three things, jewels, and her value is far above diamonds or pearls. So the guy, Solomon, as he's, as he's writing this proverb, he's saying this, he's giving us three characteristics about a virtuous capable and intelligent woman, and he compares this woman to three different types of things. What are they? Jewels, right, or rubies, diamonds, and pearls, all right? Now, think about this. Now, what are some characteristics of jewels, of of rubies, of diamonds, of pearls, all right? There's a lot of characteristics. As I was kind of just writing down and jotting down some, the first one is this. You don't just, just see diamonds lying around, do you? I mean, when you leave the school this morning and you go out into the parking lot, oh, look, there's a six-carat diamond. I don't want it. It's not that big of a deal. I'll just let somebody else pick it. Hey, right? You, you don't, like, start plowing the back of your, you know, the back of your house and, like, oh, there's a, there's a ruby. That just doesn't happen, right? I mean, you got to be looking for these Three things. I mean, think about it. How do you find a ruby? Now, in 9 o'clock service, somebody said you go to a jewelry store. All right. I'm just going to take that option off. If you want to go look, hunting for rubies, where you got to go? You got to go to places like Africa, and you got to go in some of these mines. You got to go looking for rubies. They just don't naturally pop up and go, here, here I am, man. No. I mean, if, if you want a diamond, all right, you just don't, I mean, you got to start digging for diamonds. And what about pearls? Pearl 
Because you've got to get a wetsuit on, you've got to dive down deep, you've got to capture a clam, you've got to pry the clam open, and then you've got to pray that some sand got in that clam and it coated it with the pearl, and then, you know, there you go. My point is this. In each three of these things, just like a Proverbs 31 woman, she's just not going to ding-dong, you open up the door, here I am. It's not going to happen. Guys, if 3 o'clock in the morning you're playing PlayStation and you're expecting to actually find a woman like this, you better get a grip. Some of y'all need to take a shower. You need to put on deodorant. You need to brush those teeth. All right? Because it ain't just naturally going to happen. If you want to find a woman like this, you've got to be looking for her. Now, the second characteristics of rubies, diamonds, and pearls are what? They're valuable. They're precious. That's exactly right. I mean, you just don't find these everywhere. They're rare. They're valuable. And I think that's a huge, huge thing. You're not going to find anything of value unless you look for it. It's just not going to happen. I mean, some people, and and we read about in the 1800s of people going to California and panning for gold, and they'll find gold and they strike it rich. But what Solomon is saying is if you find a wife like this, you're already rich. You are to be envied. So we, from the get-go, we realize that Solomon is not just talking about any old woman. He's talking about a specific type of woman, a woman who is very rare, very hard to find, and who is more valuable than rubies, diamonds, or pearls. Now let me just say this. How many of y'all know what costume jewelry is? How many of y'all own costume jewelry? Tell the truth, shame the devil. All right, thank you. Now, let me tell you about costume jewelry. Costume jewelry looks good, don't it? It looks good. Now, is it worth anything? No. The thing I really would encourage you you ladies is don't be costume jewelry. Don't be be so preoccupied with the outside that you look good, but the inside, you're not worth anything. That is so very important. Listen to how Proverbs says about this in Proverbs 31.30, because here's the thing. If you only focus on the outside, you're going to be sorely disappointed. Guys, you're trying to, if you're single, you're looking for that bombshell, that's great. You, I know you wanted to look good, but your, your basis of that decision needs to be based on more than just beauty. Why? Verse 30. Charm is deceptive, and beauty does not last. Uh. But a woman who fears the Lord will be greatly praised. You remember, stand up now. <laughs> remember, beauty has an enemy. And that enemy is time, right? Because think about it, ladies. I mean, all of you are like, man, I wish I looked this certain way when I was in college or this or that. But what happens? The hair starts turning grayer and it starts thinning. And then, you know, you, you know, gravity takes a hold. That's all I'm going to say. All right. Cellulite happens. All right. See, whoever had that bumper sticker, you know, it's wrong. Cellulite happens, right? You move on. Uh, I'm moving on. All right. I mean, all of this stuff I'm saying is, guess what? Beauty doesn't last. But a woman. And now it's time for the man moment.
They may and take our lives. And moments. But they will never take. Oh my God. Guys, are you with me? All right, can we continue talking about ladies? I hate that movie. I know you hate it, but you're a woman. All right. It's a great guy movie. All right. Like me some William Wallace, baby. All right, keep Is that going. what you were trying to do with the boys last night when you came down with that face paint on and you're like, Absolutely. standing at the top of the stairs? Oh, that's oh. right. All right, you don't need to put my business out in the street. I'm just say right. I was a little confused. <laughs> anyway, but my, my point is, you know what? Beauty doesn't last. Now, here's the cool thing. We're going to move on because I need to move on quickly. Uh, let's look at this Proverbs 31 woman, uh, God's beautiful woman and her husband. Look at this. In verses 11 and 12, her husband can trust her and she will greatly enrich his life. In fact, the message uh, says this verse this way. Her husband trusts her without reserve and never has any reason to regret it. Guys, have you ever... Talk to a good friend, and, and you're thinking, man, I sure hope he doesn't marry her. Because you're thinking, he's going to regret it. I mean, has anybody ever felt that way besides me? Me and me too. All right? Um, I mean, it's so very important because this type of woman, the guy never regrets getting married to. Ever regrets being married to. Her husband can trust her. She brings him good, not harm, all the days of her life. Ladies, can your husband totally trust you? Some of you are thinking, well, you know, what are you talking about? Trust like with other guys? I mean, yeah, he's really jealous. And yeah, that's a type of trust. But let's even push past that, all right? We've got a lot of military in this church. When he gets deployed, can he trust you with MasterCard or Visa? Because i got to be honest with you, all right? Because, uh, there's a lot of guys, they go over... And they're, you know, they're in harm's way, and they're worried about the enemy, but they're also worried about bill collectors. And see, this is one of those huge, huge things. Can he trust you and not ruin the finances? Now, some of you are going, you better move on. And you know what? I will. My point is this. A, a, a Proverbs 31 woman, the husband can trust her with any and everything. And again, ladies, again, we're going to talk about this in a minute about being finding good deals, and y'all are really good at this, but I'll never understand this equation. Honey, I saved $100 by spending $300, right? I don't know if that's the metric system. I don't know what's messed that up. I don't know quite sure, but, um, I mean, seriously, I, I, it's, just, it's just nuts. All right, metric move on. system? A metric system, that's right. All right. It's good times. That's good. My point is, don't violate trust. You hear me, ladies? Don't violate trust. Look at Proverbs 12, 4 says this. A worthy wife is her husband's joy and crown. The other kind, and look at that next word. What is that next word? Corrodes. When something is corroded, what happens? It's getting eaten away, right? It's rusted. Corrodes his strength and tears down everything he does. Ladies, are you someone who builds up their husband or corrodes him or tears him down? So very important. A Proverbs 31 wife sets her husband up for success. Look at verse 23. Her husband is well known at the city gates where he sits with the other civic leaders. And I'll give you just some quick background in this culture. The city gates at that point, it's kind of like being downtown. 
right? I mean, you're sitting downtown, it's kind of where the county seat is and the judges and all this stuff. It's where the Kiwanis Club meets. It's where, you know, all of this stuff happens. Um, I mean, this, that's where the city gate was. And this guy is respected at the city gate. Why? Because of his wife. That's huge. Yes, because of some stuff that he does. But everybody knows, and y'all know this, ladies, behind every good man is a better woman, right? That is Proverbs 31. Some of y'all, yes, Jesus. Some of y'all, amen, and keep on preaching, brother. All right, I'm I'm done. (laughs) As we were talking through this, um, we were talking about just some of the things that we have learned since being here at One Church, and um, just the influence, especially of the military, on our congregation. How many of you in here are either currently serving in military, retired military, um, have that in, going on in your home. Lots of that going on. And um, as we were talking through that, um, I just started to think about, you know, sometimes we as women have to take on responsibility because of whatever, you know, our husband may be deployed. But there are other times when we as women take on leadership and responsibility that was never meant for us. And when we do that, we, we emasculate our men. We don't give them the chance to lead. And God has placed our husbands in our homes to be our spiritual leaders, to help be our moral compass, to help guide us in the direction that we need to go. And sometimes, ladies, I think we just take the bull by the horns because we have this picture of how we think things should be or how we would like for things to go. And we just start steering the ship all on our own. And we don't give our husbands the opportunity to be the leader that God has called them to be. Now, when your husband deploys, I know that is a tough situation. My dad was in in special forces. I grew up in a military family. He was gone a lot. It was just me and my mom a lot of the time. So I've, I've lived that from a child's perspective. And I know that when he steps away, you have to begin the daunting task of running a household and taking care of children and making sure that things are taken care of. That is not an easy thing to do. And I have watched many women in our church not only survive at it, but thrive while doing it. You're just such an inspiration to me. But the other thing that I've watched is that when your husband comes home, you're kind of left with this Okay, we found this new way to function while you were gone, and now that you're back, how do we get back to normal? How do I stop doing all these things that I've been doing? And what I want to caution us against is I want to say, let's be careful about assuming a rank while they're gone. Let's be careful about taking on authority that doesn't belong to us while they're away, or even if they are at home. Let's be careful about stepping into a place where we're not meant to be and that God has set aside for men only. We need to remember that whether they are here with us or overseas, God has set them apart as the leader in our homes. If they're away, be sure that you keep them filled in on what's going on at home. Be sure that you ask their opinion and seek their advice. Be sure that you tell your children, we need to discuss this with your father. And when he comes home, remember, you are the glue that holds your family together. And it will be you that your family is watching, that your husband is watching, and how you are willing to give that authority back over. Because God has appointed him to be the leader in your home. 
You know, the thing about it is, that doesn't mean you agree with every decision he makes. Right. I mean, I mean, Kim and I don't agree. I mean, a lot of times I will make a decision, and she may not be in agreement with it. But let me give you a great definition of submission, ladies. Because some of you are like, okay, yeah, this is great. My husband's at home right now. He's not deployed. He's home. What do I do? And yeah, you can buck against him. But let me tell you a great, great definition of submission is this. It's when you submit and you say, okay, I'm going to follow you even though I think you're wrong. It's ducking so that when God hits, he doesn't hit you, but he hits your husband smack dab in the jaw. That's true. Let me tell you, God can get your husbands a whole lot better than you can. Isn't that right? Absolutely. And some of you are going, I got a jacked up husband. All right? And you know what? You just might. All right? Let God deal with him. God can do what only God can do. This is not in my notes, but Proverbs 21.1 says this. That just as water is turned into irrigation ditches, so the Lord directs the king's thoughts. He moves them wherever he wishes. If God can do that with a king who's a guy, God can do that with your guy who ain't a king. All right? All right, there you go. All right. Now let's look. A, a, a beautiful woman. Let's look at a Proverbs 31 woman and her looks. Proverbs 31.25 says this. She is clothed with strength and dignity. Everybody say strength and dignity. And she laughs. <laughs> she laughs without fear of the future. Now, ladies, notice what that Proverbs 30 woman is clothed with. Yeah, I mean, now, does she go shopping? You betcha. We're getting ready to get there, all right? And, I mean, some of you ladies, I mean, you go, and you go, and you go into the, uh, you're looking for sales, and you're trying to find the best dress, right? And then you're walking all over the mall. You're mauling the mall. You find the, the, the shoes that match, that's the fashizzle. There's they're two sizes too small. They're hurting your feet. But you get them anyway because they look good, Right? And then you look for the, and, and there's nothing wrong with any of that. But notice what this Proverbs 31 woman is clothed with, strength and dignity. Now listen to how 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 3 talks about this. What matters is not your outer appearance. The styling of your hair, the jewelry you wear, the cut of your clothes, but your what? Inner disposition. Cultivate inner beauty. The gentle, gracious kind that God delights in. You see, when we only think that beauty is the face, our beauty is skin deep, our beauty is outward appearance, then we are going against what God defines as beauty. Because listen to what, how God defines beauty in 1 Samuel chapter 16, verse 7. It says this, and this is God speaking, guys. Looks aren't everything, God says. Don't be impressed with looks and stature. God doesn't see things the way you see them. Men and women look at an appearance, but God looks where? Into the heart. That's where God looks. I'm a little slow. So, here I am. All the makeup washed off. My point in this is to show us that, even though I feel much more comfortable with that layer of stuff laying in the bottom of that bowl on my face, God still thinks I'm beautiful. It doesn't take what I came out here with for him to look at me and think, ooh, you look good today. Good hair day, Kim. 
What he's looking at is my heart. The king is enthralled with my beauty. And it doesn't take a layer of makeup for him to look at me and think that I'm beautiful. That brings us to our big idea for today. God is looking for more than just a pretty face. He wants to know, are we making our hearts beautiful? Are we committed to knowing him and loving him and doing whatever it takes to be beautiful in his eyes? It's okay to look good. It's, it's okay. This doesn't mean it's bad to want to wanna have a, a good-looking face. Wearing pretty clothes is not a bad thing. But at the end of the day, when all of that is stripped away, do we have a heart that radiates with love for Jesus? And do we live a life that points others to him in the way we speak and in the way we act and in the way that we love? That's what he's looking for, ladies. He's not looking for a pretty face. He's looking for a beautiful heart. I know the first week that we started this series, we talked about some statistics. And this week, I went digging a little bit deeper to see um, if I could find some more stats that would help us understand why this beauty thing is always so in our face. Oh, and I found some. I found some good ones, a doozy. Um, The first one is globally, last time I said globally in America. That makes no sense whatsoever. Anyway, globally, that means around the globe, um, every year $230 billion is spent on makeup. Just makeup and makeup-y things. $230 billion. That's amazing. Um, If you're in first service, don't answer. Do you know what the number one selling beauty product of all time is? Anybody want to guess? Foundation cover-up. Mascara. Lipstick. It's Vaseline. I'm serious. That's what I thought too. I was like, no, seriously. Googled it again. Yes, Vaseline. Number one selling beauty product of all time. I hear if you put some on your teeth, it's supposed to like, you know, keep your lipstick from sticking on there and make your smile glisten. So I got a big glob last night and smeared it all on there. And my kids were like, mom, what happened to you? No, I'm I'm kidding. Uh, So Vaseline, number one selling beauty product of all time. Um, We talked about this the first week. Average American woman, five foot four inches tall, 140 pounds. Average American model, five foot 11 inches tall, 115 pounds. Amazing. Um, uh, 90% of plastic surgery patients are women. And the number one plastic surgery procedure is Botox. Did y'all know that stuff is botulism? Okay, that's like not good for you. So let's inject some in our faces. Ooh, that'll be fun. Wow, that's amazing. If you've done that, please don't, please don't be offended by me. I just, I have no brain. Um, anyway, um, and um, listen to this. This was amazing to me. Okay, so L'Oreal is the world's largest beauty product conglomerate. And it owns 20 brands of makeup and beauty items, companies, the largest of which is Maybelline. Maybelline sells more makeup in places like Walmart and Walgreens and and places like that. Maybelline, the number one selling over-the-counter makeup. So you hear L'Oreal, but there's a whole lot more going on there than L'Oreal. There's all these other companies. Another example is Estee Lauder. Estee Lauder owns 25 brands of makeup and beauty products. Uh, That includes Clinique, 
Prescriptives, Bobby Brown, Mac, uh, Origins, and Tommy Hilfiger. Now, I had no clue about that. So here I think, oh, well, you know, Clinique's not quite as expensive as some of the other brands, so I'll go get my stuff over there. I'm just pouring money into that. I'm just adding right into that whole deal because Estee Lauder owns all this, that, and the other. The number one selling product Clinique had last year was their Quick Eye eyeliner stuff. I don't know if any of you use that. I I haven't tried it yet. $14 billion in eyeliner alone. Isn't that amazing? I was taking taking a look through some magazines. These are always uplifting. Thought we could take a look at some of the hot topics together today. The first one, uh, Beauty Secrets, Jessica's Beauty Secrets, hundred top 100 Beauty Secrets from Jessica Simpson there. Um, ways to get gorgeous hair, skin, nails, and more. And then I opened it up and it says Vaseline, so go figure. <laughs> Swab it wherever you need it, I guess. Uh, so then we have In Style magazine, right? So uh, Scarlett Johansson is on this one. She's, what are you, are you laughing? Good. Yeah, keep on going. This is fun. I hope you're having a good time over here. This is serious stuff, Chris. Sure, it's serious. Okay, I got you. All right. So, 150 best beauty buys. Are you wearing the right makeup? The perfect bra. Uh, you know all this. All this stuff, 10 ways to live happier, longer. So, I mean, we're covering it all here, ladies. We've got makeup, we've got undergarments, we've got live happy longer. I mean, come on. Wow, all in one magazine. Amazing. Here's uh, Pink on the cover of this thing, and they were talking about how she's the coolest chick they've ever interviewed. I mean, she just looked mean. I'm sorry. That scared me when I saw that. Here's the glamour swimsuit issue, uh, talking about how we've got the best swimsuits for everybody. Mm-hmm, Right. Uh, here's, uh, what's her head from Sex and the City, Kristen Davis and her killer abs. She shows in here her five must-do exercises to keep yourself looking good. So, huh, I'm game. I'll try it. Yeah, uh-huh. That, uh, that's not going to work for me. Those little squat things that she does. After about the first five minutes and my knee popped out of joint, I was like, we're finished with that. Thank you. <laughs> All done. Okay, this one I think was Chris's favorite, the, uh, best and worst Best and worst swimsuits on the beach this summer. Beach bodies. Uh, I think I'm featured in that one. Yeah, on page, I was going to say, <laughs> on page 52, uh, yeah. Um, but anyway, you know, they profile all the stars, who looks good, who doesn't. You know, it's so funny to me because on one page, on, the, on like the worst page in there where they're saying who looks the worst, they've got the, um, they've got the thing where it shows, like, who's too skinny, so, you know, all these, all these things are saying, be skinny, look skinny, how to be skinny, and then you open up this one, you're too skinny. I mean, there's, no, there's absolutely no way to win. So you're either too curvy, too skinny. Okay, now this one, this one makes me mad. This ticks me off. I'm so glad I'm not the mother of girls. This is Girls Life Magazine. Girls Life Magazine, girlslife.com, 383 ways to look hot. Okay, she's a girl. Let her be a girl. Do we really have to start with this? It's just like that bumper video we showed. Am I fat? Do I need liposuction? Please, let's let our children be children. I mean, they're not sending magazines to my homes to my boys saying 525 ways to be buff. 
It's just, it's ridiculous. It so gets on my nerves. Can we move on now? Yes. Okay. I'd be so happy if we could. Okay. So now enough about that. Um, all right. So the next issue that we're going to talk about with God's beautiful woman, we're going to talk about our home and our career. Now, if I just have a feeling, I know the answer to this, but if you are a woman in this room who has struggled with, do I stay home or do I go to work? I need to see it and look around ladies, look around. This is a huge issue that we as women face. Do I stay home and take care of the needs in my home? And if you have children, my children, your your children, or do I go out into the workplace? Never an easy decision to make. I want you to look at um, Proverbs verses 31, uh, chapter 31. We're going to look at verses 27 and 14. She watches carefully over all that goes on in her household and does not have to bear the consequences of laziness. She is like a merchant ship bringing food from afar. Now notice that it says she watches over what's going on in her household. She is the mainframe. A Proverbs 31 woman knows what's going on in the house. The house comes first. The family comes first. So, for example, here comes one of the children right up. Mom. Mom, have you seen my green shirt? Okay, your child may have 15 green shirts, but when they come running up and say, have you seen my green shirt? You know exactly the one they're talking about. You know that green shirt. And then you can say to them, yes, I saw it balled up in the back of your closet underneath your Woody doll. And here they go. They run over. They go, yeah, my green shirt. I mean, you know these things. This is, this is how we are. If they can't find it, they come to us. Where did I leave it? Is this, this is broken. Can you fix it? Mom, I've got this. Mom, I need that. Or whatever. We are the mainframe. We're the, we're the hub of activity. We know what's going on. We know how to take care of things in our home. And we do it out of, number one, love. And number two, I think it's just the way God has wired us. We watch what is happening. We know our homes and our families well. And we bring honor to God when we serve him in that way. Now, the, the next verse is about she brings, uh, she's like a merchant ship and she brings in food from afar. Now, this is like the shopping thing that we were talking about. And uh, this is where we're going to go and we're going to search for some good deals. And mm-hmm. um, <laughs> okay, now see, this is the difference between guys and gals. There's multiple differences. All right. You better believe it. Uh, when, um, like when I want to shop for something. I like, like I will, I will tell you this. I like, I, I, number one, I don't go to the mall usually. I go to Best Buy. Dear Jesus. All right. Go to some place like that. And I know what I want. I've already done all the research up front. Right? I've already looked at all of the comments. What's good? What's bad? What's ugly about it? I know when I walk through Best Buy, they say, can I help you today? I'm like, no, you cannot. Thank you very much. And I move on past them, and I know exactly where I'm going. I grab the item. I take it to the front of the store. I hand it to them. Would you like anything else with that? No, I would not. All right? I pay for it, and I go, I am a man because I've just conquered it. Right? I grabbed it. I saw it. I paid for it. I'm out. I'm deuces. Chris. Now, here's the thing, though. Like, again, you have drugged me uh, around I, I from different seen, malls. I have seen you walk into Walmart and get right in the front door and be like, Excuse me, where is the milk? <laughs> okay, and that's because I'm shopping for milk for our family. It's not really for me. See, that's the thing. So there's a huge difference. So you're saying milk is a girl's thing. I did not say that. Uh, did, did I say that? Guys, I need some help. 
right, I need You're saying milk. milk is a chick thing. All right, let's buy. move on, all right, because that's not in our notes, all right? <laughs> My point is... See if you get any more milk. <laughs> all right. I don't even know where to go. Um, so, but here's my point is this, is, you know what, guys and gals, we do everything different, especially shopping. And the Bible is saying this way, you know what, they, the whole merchant ship from afar, that ladies, you're just natural born shoppers and that's how God made you, all right? Guys, we're not like that, all right? A cruel and unusual punishment is when the lady drags the guy to a mall and does this make me look fat? There's not any good answer to that, is there? Ever. Ever. All right, moving on. Now, here's the question then. So is it okay for a woman to have a career outside the home? And the answer is yes, it is. Absolutely it is. But here's the thing I really want to land on because this is where this passage lands on. The woman may, must make the home a priority over anything else. Anything else. Uh, and I'm so, I'm so stoked about this because so many of you, you have spent a lot of time um, and, and you have picked... You have picked um, jobs that doesn't come instead of your home, but complement your home. Like my wife, and I don't mind bragging on her for a little bit. She has a gorgeous voice, a really beautiful voice. In fact, so awesome that God's given her. The people have asked, I mean, she's sung backup on, on stuff, on, on recordings. Um, she has done uh, a lot of stuff. People are always asking her to sing. In fact, I remember she's literally, she's sung in front of hundreds of thousands of people. We were in Dallas um, she, she was the primary soloist for a full, like, 100-piece orchestra, and over 100,000 people was there at a 4th of July. She's singing. I mean, she's great. In fact, again, so many people are always asking her, you know, to, you know, pull in her different directions. But the type of job that she has chosen is in one that doesn't come in, in place of her home, but complements her home. She works at Mary's Music, and she's the lesson administrator there. She manages 300 students and 17 teachers, and she's a voice and piano student. And she's able to do that, um, uh, and it doesn't come instead of her home. Now, just to give you insight on us, out of her paycheck, she pays the house payment. But she doesn't do that in, in spite of her home. She said, you know, and I, I'm so, I really want to encourage not just men, but women here as well that don't have your level of uh, expectation of life, that you've got to have your three-car garage or four-car garage or whatever it is. And what you've done is you have a house, but you don't have a home anymore. Ladies, absolutely you can work outside the home. We're getting ready to see this happen even more here. But don't let that become a substitute for the home. Mm-hmm. There are several verses in Proverbs that talks about the career side of the Proverbs 31 woman, God's beautiful woman. And it says, she finds woolen flax and busily spins it. Her hands are busy spinning thread, her fingers twisting fiber. She makes her own bedspread. She makes belted linen garments and sashes to sell to the merchants. She goes and inspects a field and buys it. And with her earnings, she plants a vineyard. Now, when I first read this, I'll be honest, I got panicky. I, I don't know when I'm going to have time to make a bedspread. I, I just, I got a little worried about that. I just was like, oh no, bedspread time. And then it was talking about, you know, the linen and the purple. Purple is not my color. I have a lot of friends out there. You look great in purple. It's not me. And so I was just like, whoa, I'm feeling a little overwhelmed. Um, and, uh, but the idea that we're looking at here is that she has skills. Mm-hmm. 
And she knows how to do what she does very well. And she uses them. She's crafty. She's skilled. She has knowledge. And, and the buying a field part, that's really amazing because in this day and age, women were not really valued. And so to show up and buy a field, be involved in some real estate, and then take the money from that and reinvest it in something else, that's huge. And so we're seeing here that God honors women who seek to honor their families and honor him. And a lot of you in here have done the same thing. Maybe you're a teacher, and so you're out of school when your kids are out. Maybe you work part-time. You do, like, um, Premier or Pampered Chef or some other type of job like that that helps complement your home. Um, and, and I just want to say that is amazing, and God will totally bless your efforts in that way. Um, the last thing that I want to talk about today with you ladies is our attitude. We've covered a lot of ground this morning. We've talked about husbands, and we've talked about our appearance and our jobs and our homes. And if we're honest, and especially if I'm honest, there are times that I do not have the greatest attitude when it comes to balancing all of these areas and feeling like I'm trying to do the best in everything that comes my way. And this morning is a perfect example of that, of course. Had to have a sermon illustration, right? Um, we were getting ready this morning, and Chris was, uh, got his clothes on and was standing there, and he goes, okay, I'll see ya. And I was like, what, are you going downstairs? He was like, no, I'm leaving. I was like, we did not discuss this. And he said, well, you went early last week. I just need to go get some things taken care of, so I'm going to head out. And all I can hear him saying is, I'm leaving, I'm leaving, I'm leaving, I'm leaving. And, you know, I'm not finished getting ready. And the boys aren't even up yet. Well, they might have been up. They're running around in their pajamas doing their thing. And I'm looking at the clock. And I'm, I'm leaving, I'm leaving, I'm leaving. And so I just start descending into this. Y'all know what that is? You've been there before? And so, so I'm like, okay. Just, just go. And then he's like, well, no, I can stay. And I'm like, no, just go. Well, baby, I can stay. Just go. Just go. Because now I'm already in it and I can feel it and it's just working up in me. You know, just yesterday, my oldest son, Walt, he came to me. He's like, mom, what is wrong with you? Ever since the flood, you have not been right. I don't think he was talking about the flood in the Bible. I don't think he was talking about Noah. Maybe he was. I don't know. But he's like, ever since the flood, you've been so stressed out and work and home. and You know, I mean, he starts crying. And he's like, what have I done? Why are you yelling at me? And I'm just standing there going, oh, no. Oh, no. I mean, obviously, I've been sporting a bad attitude. I've not been in the best way. And ladies, we have to watch out for that because you know and I know that the minute we get ourselves in a snit and we start me, 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 and we just start going there, it affects everyone in our household, does it not? I mean, the dog will walk by and be like, <laughs> really, it's the truth. There's this verse in Proverbs that speaks right to this and it makes me just really upset. Proverbs 31, 27, she looks well to how things go in her household and the bread of idleness, gossip, discontent, self-pity. She will not eat. She will not eat it, ladies. She's on a diet from that. We have to make sure that we watch out for our discontent, discontent and our self-pity and our idleness. 
I got to be honest with you. Sometimes by the end of the day, all I want is to get in my bed with the remote and a little bit of HGTV. Just let me watch somebody else clean their house. Just let me watch somebody else do something in their house. Flip over to the Food Network. You cook it, girl. You cook it. Because we had cereal for supper. Yes. You cook it. Sometimes, sometimes I get sucked into those shows, you know, like I was born with three heads. I have two hearts hanging on the outside of my body. I'm just like, whoa, that is amazing. I get a little bit of idleness going on there and it's not bad to rest. Please hear me. It's not bad. But if we find ourselves caught up in things like that, we need to do a check. Listen to this, this other verse in Proverbs. Proverbs eleven twenty two. A beautiful woman who lacks discretion is like a gold ring in a pig's snout. I am not going to be a ring in a pig's snout. I am not going to go there. So if, if I walk by you and I'm saying something that's not right, just slap me right on the head and go, pig snout. Just walk around like that. You know what I mean? Sorry. Oh, I snorted. That was so unattractive. Oh, my gosh. I got to hurry up. I got to hurry up. You're beautiful, baby. Oh, thank you. I needed a moment there. But notice what it does say in Proverbs, that she is clothed in strength and dignity. We are to be clothed in strength and dignity. It does not say you need to have perfect hair and your makeup needs to be right and you need the perfect swimsuit issue. It doesn't say all that. It says don't, be, don't have self-pity, don't be discontented, don't get lazy, and clothe yourself in strength and dignity because the king is enthralled with your beauty. And if that doesn't let you have a good attitude... I cannot imagine what will. That's right. Charm is deceptive and beauty doesn't last. But a woman who fears the Lord will be praised. That word fear is just if a woman who lives her life for God. That's basically what it means. And let's talk about that praising a godly woman. You know, as we're wrapping this up and wrapping up this series, you know, one of the biggest ways that the reason why men and women, we don't have good self-esteem or we don't feel good about ourselves is because we're basing our identity on things that don't last. Whether that be beauty, outward appearance, whether that be how much we can bench press, whatever that is. But God is saying this, if you base your identity on me, then you're not going to have some of these self-esteem issues. Psalm 45.10 that my wife just quoted, the king is enthralled with your beauty. Next week, we're going to be doing this warrior series talking about how God views men. All right? So, if you, guys, if your testosterone levels have gotten a little low during this past three weeks, we're going to raise them up. You know what I mean, bro? All right. Anyway, so... <laughs> Not in there. All right, but listen, how, how are we supposed to, though, how are we supposed to treat our ladies, guys? Look at what Proverbs 31, 28, and 29 says. Her children stand and bless her. Her husband praises her. When is the last time you praised your, hus- your wife, guys? Look at this. There are many virtuous and capable women in the world, but you surpass them all. I mean, when is the last time you told your spouse how special she is? 
When is the last time that you've said, thank you so much for doing that? One of the things I hear over and over again from ladies is, you know what? My guy just feels like they, they, he just takes me for granted. That I'm supposed to do this, and I'm supposed to do this, and I'm supposed to do this. But guys, they're not supposed to do anything. We are to say thank you. And we are to look into their eyes and say, you surpass them all. You know, one of the things, and I was, I was just thinking about it this morning, is just how thankful I am for my wife. I mean, we've been married for 17 years now. And we've had bumps along the road, but I am so grateful for my wife, Kim. We are a team in every way. And you surpass them all, and I love you very, very much. It has been a blessing doing this series with you. Ladies, let me say this as well. Whether you have a guy at home saying that to you, or whether maybe you're single or however that works, know that your Heavenly Father is looking at you today and is saying you are more valuable than rubies, gems, diamonds, and pearls. That's that's how your Heavenly Father looks at you. And just a diamond, a diamond starts off as what? Coal. Something very common. But yet that coal, in the right circumstances and in the right pressure, it becomes something that's gorgeous and valuable. And my prayer for you ladies is this. You may feel sometimes like a lump of coal. But I pray that in God's hands and through the pressures of life, that he would be able to transform you and you would be able to see yourself as valuable and rare and gorgeous as a diamond. That's how God sees you. You are beautiful. And if you don't believe me, look up here and see for yourself.